Hi world, I'm Angela Konkin. And I'm your why guy, Jerry Visca. Welcome to our podcast. Inspiring one million whys, together. Woohoo! <laughs> so who's Jerry? Well, he's formally educated in architecture, a branding expert, author of 18 books, and today focuses all of his awesome creative energy on helping people answer the only question that matters. Why do I exist? Don't forget, love, I've also toured 11 countries inspiring thousands of people. Oh yeah, I forgot. And Angela happens to be the love of my life. Thanks, love. So, who's Angela? She's a trained life and leadership coach, but today focuses her energies not just on me, but on helping people train their brain through the power of meditation and, of course, touring the world with me on this inspiring mission of One Million Wise. I like to call myself the fluffy sidekick. Together, we're inspiring one million whys in the world. I help you ignite your deeper why, which of course I define as the world helped by you. And I help you live it, baby, by training and conditioning your mind. So this podcast is where we thought it would be cool to share more of us and the energy of this big, fat, audacious vision of inspiring one million whys. And how it all comes to life through this magical thing called why time. We'll also share how we do this together with each other, which is what I love. It's amazing. I love doing this with you, Jerry. But most importantly, this vision can only come to life together with you because we can't do it alone. And that's why we're sharing it. So thanks for tuning in. Here we are. We're back. Welcome to our podcast. It's podcast number 16 on this incredible, beautiful journey, inspiring one million whys together. It's been a while since our last podcast. We've been in Tuscany for the last two months where Jerry's been writing ferociously, so inspired to continue writing his transformational novels. Our last podcast in Tuscany was all about creating outcomes. That was really fun to record. So today our podcast is called Notice Your Life. Let's start off the podcast this way, love. This is your 19th book and you've found a way to fuse self-help with novels in a way that really helps people receive the insights and wisdom. So let's talk about why that shift has been so important from a writing perspective for you. First of all, I love this uh, podcast as a segue to the out, the last one, which was the outcomes you're creating, because the outcome of this podcast is Notice Your Life, mm. which is so powerful. But I love this fusion, having written 19 books now and a combination of six or seven self-help books. This is my third transformational novel. I had written seven or so autobiographical books, but I wanted to fuse self-help with a tr with an inspiring novel. And I think when you fuse the two together, you get this transformational experience where p I find that as human beings, we, we learn through story. And I find with an inspiring novel, it has this fusion love the readers are finding themselves in a story. And that's what I love, is they can relate. 
Well, I'll add that human beings learn through story. We've also evolved as a species through story. While self-help is really great, we don't actually receive it as well as through story. And that's why I love the shift that you've made in your own writing. It's just getting deeper. And I do believe, well, I know it's not just I believe, it's a fact, that we find ourselves in these novels. Your last two transformational novels have all had why somewhere in the title. Uh, Remembering why, why am I here, and even the last two I know why book series. So now there is a bit of a shift. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's a great shift. I've had this amazing conversation with thousands of people called Why Time. And through this journey of Why Time, I love that it's an actual conversation. It's not a an email or a, a message on Facebook. We actually can converse with people. And from these conversations, it gives me a great perspective on the pulse of humanity, on the pulse of what people are are sharing with me. And what I what's been showing up is that people can't notice their life. They're not noticing their lives. So I wanted to write something that really responded to these to these conversations and responded to a way that I was listening with the intent to understand. Yeah, so why time as we've shared on previous podcasts is a one-on-one conversation with your soul that Jerry has with a human being. It's absolutely transformational. We don't do enough of that these days. And I totally relate to this theme, love, uh, noticing your life, because I know what it's like having gone through so many years in my own lifetime of feeling like life was blasting by, I was just getting by, overwhelmed, just totally caught up and trapped in this non-stop doing cycle. I literally felt like days and weeks and months would just blast by and I hadn't noticed any of it. So this is a powerful transformational theme. So through all the why time that you've been doing, what are you noticing? What's showing up? Well, people are drowning in their own story. This is what's coming clear is that there's this weight of their own story that's holding them down from really seeing the light. They can't see, they can't savor, they can't notice the miracle of their lives. It's because they're so busy. They've been so busy and inundated with chasing, with climbing, with pushing. They've forgotten what truly matters. And that's that's the central theme around this life that I that I didn't notice. Mm. Well, and let's talk about a little bit more deeply about why that's so important, because we have, might have listeners out there on that wheel of achieving and thinking, well, this is the world we live in. You know, of course, we've been conditioned to get on that path, get on that hamster wheel and be constantly chasing and achieving and things like that. But what we're noticing in our world is that way of being is not serving us. It may serve you for a while, but you're numbed out to life. You're numbed out to your one precious life. And it burns you out. It numbs you out. So do you want to speak to that a little bit more deeply? Life is meant to be savored. I Mm -hmm. believe that life is meant to be lived and it's meant to be explored with, with curiosity and wonder and what's happening is collectively through this chasing and through pursuing things that really don't matter i called it the noise of the world the unwanted sound 
of the world, we start to lose sight of who we really are, who we are as individuals and who we are as collective human beings. And that's another reason for this type of transformational work that's showing up in the world is helping bring people back to what matters, to themes like remembering why we're really here, to why asking the question, why am I really here with the intention to ignite that soul purpose. And we live in a world that it's very easy to get off track. It's very easy to get derailed from the path that you're meant to be on. You know, it's such an important theme, love. I want to stay on this just for a little while before I ask you the next question. Because some people out there might think, well, this is kind of a woo-woo conversation. It's not. As a result of this constant doing and not knowing who we really are, we're destroying ourselves and we're destroying the planet. And you know, at the end of our days, what you said about us all wanting to really feel and savor our precious life, every single human being on the planet wants to experience that before their time is over on this earth. We, I hear that in lots of stories out there about people that are have experienced a near-death experience, are going through things in their life. That is what they really crave. So in this novel that you are writing now, it's almost complete actually, The Life I Didn't Notice, you are going into this whole theme of regrets. So talk to me a little bit about regrets. You originally titled the, the novel, The Seven Regrets. So we're all on the same path, love, the one track that leads to the end. For some, it's maybe faster than others. Some are, are living their, their lives in such a way that the end is gonna show up very, very quickly for them. We're living, but we're not truly alive. And for me, I want to shock people into seeing and noticing the signs, what I call the little miracles. Share a little bit about what these seven regrets are and why we do need to face them. So there are seven regrets and I find that we all carry them and they also tie into our deeper why and they're preventing us from living our deeper why. Love is the first regret and, and I really refer to that as belief, belief in ourselves, a higher belief. Bliss, which is our passion, we don't remember our joy, which is what remembering why was all about. Time, we just squander it away. It's so abundant. We don't see it as the gift of life in the present moment. Yet we carry this regret of, oh, I don't have enough time. I didn't have enough time. What did I do with my time? Every, day, every time a, a birthday arrives, we start to reflect on, you know, where did it really lead me to? The fourth regret is truth. You know, who are we really? What is that real authentic self? Most of us just don't know who we are anymore. The path, which is really the way, it's, it's by far the, the biggest regret I get on why time is I don't know my path. Mm -hmm. I'm on the wrong path. Why don't I know my path? I've gone down someone else's path for too long. And the last two are forgiveness and death. And forgiveness is a, is a theme that, that really ties heavily into my last novel, Why Am I Here?, but also plays out even bigger in this one. So this, this energy of forgiveness, not being able to forgive so many people in our lives and ourselves. What I love about these seven regrets is that they have come about through these one-on-one -on -one conversations with people's souls, which is what Why Time is all about. So you've really been listening to people and 
what's showing up for them. And so that has really shaped this novel. You spoke about these seven regrets as pillars that support your deeper why in your last novel, Love, Why Am I Here? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's so cool about this work is that I like to integrate everything. I, I love work, especially with transformational novels where it's like really great movies. There's a sequel, then a prequel, and how did that all come about? I love interconnecting work. And in Why Am I Here, I identify these seven pillars, which are what now are regrets. And they are seven pillars because they strengthen the why. Without the love, without knowing your passion, without understanding that time is the gift of life in the present moment, without knowing the truth, you won't be able to really ignite and build up this deeper why. Well, it makes sense to me as well, love, as you explain that, that if you are not living these pillars around your deeper why, then they do become regrets. That just makes so much sense, which I love that you're now addressing that in your your next novel. Yeah, so there's an interconnection, love, with this work. And this heroine, Lily Fields, in this new novel called The Life I Didn't Notice, she shows up as a very disconnected, unconscious person. And we're starting to realize through our work that, you know, we want to defibrillate people to ignite their deeper why. But I'm finding that it's not enough to just ignite their deeper why. So for people that have that don't know why they're here and they're reading something like this, it's really helping them face these regrets before they get to the end. Totally. And you know, I want to just tie it back a little bit to some of you said earlier about what what why time is and for some of that don't believe in that we have a soul and how can you have a conversation with my soul? You know, just to be a little bit practical here, if you look at yourself, there's a body, there's a mind, there's a heart. And I like to think there's something that's tying it all together. It's our spirit. Yes. I like to think we're more than just physical meat suits running around and chasing this disillusionment of life. So I call it your soul. And your soul, I identified that a lot in Why Am I Here? Soul's Purpose. Because I call it a conversation with your soul because your soul really knows. It enters this world with this, this deeper knowing. And every time, for yourself, for anyone listening, you felt intuition. You felt a, an inkling. You that's get an, your soul. That's your soul. You get an inspired thought. Maybe you hear a whisper like, you know, your inside voice that's talking to you. Well, that's your soul. So it's possible to just kind of cut through the noise, break through the surface, and through Y time, have a very profound conversation. And I ask very big questions very quickly because people often say, well, I can't believe how fast you, you got to it. Well... It's not about how fast we got to it. It's that we just centered on things that matter. And I find in this world, we don't know how to focus or we've forgotten how to focus on things that matter. So in this story, this heroine is forced beyond her control because she gets to the end of her life accidentally and she's forced to face these regrets. And I'm saying this with, with certainty that we will all get there. And how many of you have had a near-death experience? We've had friends very close to us yes. who literally have, have almost, you know, they, they've faced the end of their, their, their lives. And when you get to that end, don't you want to have a clear spirit? Don't you think that that's going to just carry something further? It's about letting go of this energy that you've been carrying. And I wanted to find a way to pick up 
from the end of Waima here. So towards the end, there's this, this spouse of the main hero who's extremely disconnected, very unconscious. And I, I've, called, I've titled her Lily Fields. And the story picks up from that moment where her ex-husband, former business partner, leaves her. And it picks up from there. And the story picks up where it's seven years now into the future he's left. And she's just finding that she can't do this alone anymore. She can't run this business. And now she's facing all these areas that he was trying to get her to look at. He was mm -hmm. trying to get her to look at certain aspects of her life. You know, hey, Lil, we need to look at this. Maybe we need to simplify. We need to look at these things. And she's finally starting to explore her own journey. And I'm finding that's what white time is. It's the beginning of your journey. Mm. And it's interesting because the life I didn't notice is about getting to the end of the line. But when you get to the end of line, it's actually a new beginning. So it's forcing us to face the regrets that we've all carried for a lifetime. And you'll find that when you start to look at your own life, more or less, these seven regrets play out. We fear death, mm -hmm. but yet it's the fear of death that makes us live. We don't know how to forgive. We don't know how to forgive. Forgiveness is stopping us. And just look around. I mean, look at how much forgiveness is holding people down. And we, we don't allow ourselves to surrender to the fact that we have a deeper purpose. And it is called our deeper why. And when we live through it, it ignites the way. But we want to force that. And that starts to take us off track. Well, we've been conditioned to force it. We've been conditioned to believe that we need to control everything in our external world. And while this deeper why is an inner knowing, so it takes this kind of work to really tap into it. So what I love about this novel, especially love, is that you're writing from a woman's perspective. Now, that doesn't really surprise me because you've coached thousands of women. Most of the people that are coming to Y Time so far have been women. We want more men, but most of the men have been women. You have two daughters and you've been raised by this amazing single mom. So what's it been like for you to write from a woman's perspective? That's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked that question because this has been by far the most humbling experience for me and equally the most challenging. And I want to start off by saying, it's not that I think I know what's going on in every single woman's head. It's it's not that. It's it's really honoring my own journey with the amount of women that have impacted my life, including yourself. Let's not let's not discount the impact you've had in my life and definitely Thank my you. daughters and my mother and all these white timers. It's my hope that men will read this story. It's mm -hmm. my hope that men and women together will read this story. I would love nothing more than thousands of men to start to come on to this journey of wide time. As a man, I lived for the longest time that I had to control everything. I wouldn't ask for directions, even when I was lost in the middle of nowhere. There was a lot of ego-centered work that I had to uh, let go of and really work on myself. But I wanted to honor this, this journey of wide time and asking women, and I did something very interesting. I had reached out to men and women before I started to write this book and before we went to Tuscany for two months to write this. And I asked, hey, what's been showing up in your life that has stopped you from really noticing and savoring your life, tasting it, feeling it, moving into the path that maybe you were 
originally on, but then you kind of got off. And not one man responded. Mm. But a whole ton of women sent me, like, just pages. Some of them sent me essays. And some of them were so inspired by the question that it actually put them on a path of healing just by asking that question. I welcome both men and women. But for me, it was very challenging because I've never written a story, first of all, that tied into a previous story that was that was written from a man's perspective, but now it's written by first person. So in the first person, by this heroine, Lily Fields, that in itself was a challenge. To, to, as a novelist, to be able to, to write in the first person is very different than third person because you're now having to get inside her head. What is she feeling? You know, she has this crazy... I like to say that this book is a fusion of Mitch Albom's The Five People You'll Meet in Heaven with one of my favorite books, The Shack, as you know, with the fun banter and humor of Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> Love it. Because this, uh, we all have this voice inside our head. Totally. And I wanted to find a way to add some comic relief to a, quite a heavy topic, right? She gets to the end of her life. She's facing these regrets. She doesn't want to face them. And yet, how do I, how do I add a sense of humor? So she has this wise inner ninja. And this wise inner ninja, she can't stand listening to her, but she's very wise. So she really shows up in a way that allows me to carry the story through. And it's been a, it's been a very, very beautiful ride. Well, when you mentioned that reaching out to people before you even started writing the novel, Love, you were getting all these responses around the theme, what's it been like not to notice your life? I love that it touched a nerve and that the theme itself, where people felt this deep sense of not noticing their life, I love that it did touch a nerve. And I think that's what makes this theme and the work that you're diving into so powerful and transformative. And although the heroine in this novel is a woman, and although most of the people coming to Y Time are women right now, this theme, not noticing your life, it lends itself to everyone, men and women. Men feel the same way. They're just not maybe right now stepping up and proclaiming it as much as women are. Well, I certainly didn't notice my life for the last 20 or so years before I met you. And I mean, I, I'm that perfect example of tying it back to what you were saying about the self-help books. This took a lot of courage for me to ask this question, what, what have you been facing? Because see, as, a, as an original self-help author and as an inspirational speaker, I thought I had to have it all going on. I thought I had to be the one, the guru that knew it all. Mm -hmm. And my ego made sure of that. So for the last seven or so years on this journey of why time, I've had to really let go of, of all these preconceived notions of needing to know. And I think that we're in a society where there's this pressure that we, we have to come across like, hey... We can't show vulnerability, especially men. You know, I, I've been uh, showing, I've been crying more and more on stage, where I start to, you know, share things that I'm feeling, and I find that there's a lot of certainly my story in the last two novels, but this one is really an exploration of, I say that feminine side of of all of us that that isn't afraid to ask, mm. 
mm-hmm. isn't afraid to reach out, isn't afraid to say, hey, I'm lost. And I think that with what's not serving us is, first of all, we're just medicating all of our emotions. And I've had a few people say, I don't want to answer that question because I don't want to go back. I don't want, you're taking me back. And I had some people get pretty upset with me, like, don't send me those kinds of questions. But how's that serving you? Yeah, but that's where you know you're making a dent and impact is where for some people, they'll easily receive this and other people, it'll touch a nerve. And so, you know, it'll cause discomfort and discomfort is growth. I also love the conversations that are showing up as we share the energy of this. We shared it with numerous people in Tuscany and we opened up these rich conversations with people. Some people that were in their 70s that had never really asked themselves these types of questions. The life I didn't notice, why am I here? But it opened up these really rich conversations, love. You know, Angela, what I love about our work is that we're not about taking people back and stewing in their uh, story. That's not who we are at all. If anything, we're uh, about creating your life. Mm -hmm. But I find that it's not enough to just get this great why slogan to get someone like why guy to say, Hey, this is what your passion is. This is what your purpose is. This and these is why are the you exist. And they're all like, Oh my God, I love that. But then they get off track and they're either, they don't step into it. They can't notice their life. And then they're carrying all this weight and they're, and they're drowning in this, the story, like I said earlier, it doesn't serve them. So I think we all need to step up and start to help one another. And this is that ROI. This is what inspire 1 million wise is about is, you know, the reader influences the author, and I've seen that firsthand. And I think the author has the the privilege of inspiring and maybe lifting, uplifting the reader. And if you can't notice your life, you are not going to notice the signs that are showing up to help you live and step into that deeper why. Yeah, this book ties into, I like that you said that, you know, there's a lot of signs that are showing up. And it's an interesting play on on signs through the story where this heroine Lily is forced to look at these signs that were always there. And it's similar to our life. And I tie back to what you were saying about Tuscany, where mm-hmm. I read the opening to wonderful pairing that we met called the seven year old couple. And one of them looked at me and said, you know, I think you're my angel because I've never been asked these questions That's before. Beautiful. And I think we're always sent angels. Yeah. And she thought they were just coming to, you know, drink wine and party. But she's like, here I am. I read your novels back to back. I've never been asked these questions before. I just, I've been on autopilot my whole life. How human. So signs are everywhere. And I believe they're there to get us back on track. And I think as, as a group, we've all gotten off track. There's only two tracks. One track leads to what I call heaven, which is heaven on earth, the, the miracles we don't see, the the glorious moments of, of every day, of every moment. And then the other track leads to what I call disillusionment. And I spoke about that yesterday on Y Time, 11 Minutes of Y Time, where we now think that that's truth. Mm-hmm. The the Mercedes, the, uh, the larger house, the bigger shopping mall visits, that has become truth, the comparison to others, the noise of the world. But what if that isn't truth? You know, what if the truth is we're meant to remember who we really are? Collectively, we're meant to notice the miracle of our lives. Yeah. And I think that we're all heading for 
again, we're all on that same track. I just want to help people get on track. It's taken me a lifetime to get, I'd say, back on track of noticing and savoring my life. This is such a powerful theme, and I can't wait for this book. It's just amazing. And I think, well, I know that once you begin noticing your life, you will notice the signs that are brilliantly put on your path. Some of them will be wonderful signs. Others will be uncomfortable signs, but they're signs that you're either on track or off track from living your deeper why and who you really are. Love, what do you want as the ultimate outcome for people when they read this book, The Life I Didn't Notice? You know, I, for me, the biggest outcome is to not get to the end of your life. So I need to start with the end in mind yeah. and then work my way back because I don't want to get to the end of my life. And if I can help one million people get to the end of their life with this clear spirit, this clear soul, this feeling like they noticed their life, they saw the miracles, they they chased what they wanted to chase, they fell down, but they felt they stood back up and they got back up and they noticed the brilliance of the greatest miracle that God, spirit, that the universe has given all of us, the gift to notice yeah. and experience life. And know who you really are through your deeper why. That's a gift. That's the world helped by you. And I reinforce that why as the world helped by you more and more in all my work. Because I realize now that the world is not going to be helped by chasing other people's dreams, by falling in unconsciously into other people's demands. This illusion of control, that we need to control every single aspect. And I realized my greatest work emerged when I surrendered. And going to Tuscany for two months was very difficult because mm -hmm. you're still in yourself. And the creativity that showed up for me, I have never experienced anything like it before. And it's funny because coming back, it's taken me a couple weeks to try to get back into the editing stage, which is quite challenging. This is not a novel that I'm rushing. It is coming out this year, probably towards the fall. Yeah. The, uh, the story is, is written, but it's being smoothed out and, and refined. And of course, once I have the uh, honor to read it to you on a train, <laughs> there'll be a lot more development. But I tell you what I'm really excited about, Love, is working with you and taking this work now to the people that want to notice their life. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about is the next stage of taking this work. Because our work is not just a book. Hey, here's a book, right? It's bestseller. It's not that at all. I think it's a doorway and it's a gateway to defibrillating people's life. Yeah. Well, I want to add, love, that our time in Tuscany was not about escaping reality. It was about getting in touch with it. And that's why we go and that's why it's allowed you to really literally go so deep with this theme. What's your thoughts on reality, love? <laughs> I'm so against it. Are you it. against it? Are you against reality? <laughs> hey, how's that working for us? You know? I'm against it. But as you said, it is allowing us to unfold the next level of our work and see what's needed. And so what emerged from that, you always say, your deeper why ignites the way. So we know that we will be creating more intensives for people. And one thing that 
we're going to be talking about today more in depth and we're going to be launching are these seven week intensives and we're calling them create your life shift through regret and rise so seven weeks seven sundays where we're going to be wrapping ourselves around people and helping them shift through these regrets that we've been talking about today that you notice always showing up during Y time. And we know we have to go deeper on. They're showing up even when one is ignited with their deeper why. Let's work on that so that you don't get to the end of your life with these regrets still in your heart. So we're going to be launching these. These are really exciting. Yeah, I almost want to call it create your life, notice your life, because really that's what the outcome is. It's create your life, notice your life. And it's the this fusion of facing what needs to be faced head on, yeah. letting go of what doesn't serve you anymore, and opening your heart to remembering why, to remembering why you're really here. Yeah, and we know that people understand that on an intellectual level. You can read some self-help book and it'll try to take you through some six easy steps of letting go of your regrets or your limiting beliefs and things like that, terms that I've used it as a coach over the last 10 years, but we need to go deeper with this. And I know this novel will really help because the heroine in this novel is everyone. It's all of us. It's, it's all, all of us. us you it's know? all so of us. This is exciting. And we're also launching some more incredible retreats next year. Well, there's a lot them. of great stuff going on. I mean, we, we came back from Tuscany with just such a successful venture with taking eight people through a seven-day incredible journey in Tuscany. And I was so excited about that. I love it so much that we, we've now launched two more retreats next year in 2020 in April again, which is a beautiful time to be in Tuscany. We had never been there in the spring, but creating couples it's for five couples. What an explosion that's going to be. I love that. Five couples with us, so yeah. six of us, six couples. The, the other one, it's back-to-back, is called Inspiring Writers. And I've been wanting to to work with novelists, aspiring novelists, as well as self-help gurus mm-hmm. and really helping them write what's what they really want to write. And I realized being in Tuscany at that time, you have to retreat from the noise to go and listen to the whisper. Love, that's not a nice thing to do. We have come to know that that is a vital thing to do. Retreat from the everyday, the noise of life to ignite that creation within. I love the Creating Couples Retreat because as a couple, we love creating together, but there is something in you as a couple to create. Mm -hmm. It might not be a business together, but it might be this next level of life together. So we're gonna have so much fun and just help these couples with that. And there were a couple other things that we launched while we were in Tuscany. So we had launched a new Y journal. That was my first journal, which is now live on jerryviska.com. It's on the Y shelf. I love the Y shelf. It's just so many things on the Y shelf. There's so many great things, but it's called My Y. Mm. And we waited to launch this until we did the retreat because we used the journal as a way to keep your Y alive. And I decided to launch it as a download. So it's a it's an easy download. You download it, you can send it to a printer, they'll print it for you and you can have it bound. And we also launched, what's close to being launched is the second edition, I call it book two. Yeah. Book two, 2.0 of I Know Why, and it's mm-hmm. the red book. And I'm so excited because it uh, includes 13 Y timers. 
it follows the little black book and it's all about passion it's all about passion and writing these two novel like this novel and the i know why working with the why timers doing them back to back like that side by side just you get the energy of this work with the novel and it's you'll feel it you'll feel that wisdom inside i know why and it's been a great journey so it's tuscany was very very fulfilling for me so look at the go to the Y shelf the red book is on there <laughs> it's uh on the press at the end of may so we're just a couple weeks away my why is uh is there as well i love it love this has been a great conversation around noticing your life helping you notice your life and the tie-in to who you really are what your soul truly desires and your deeper why so thanks for joining us on podcast number 16 and thanks for joining this journey with us inspiring one million whys together